With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This FPL season has definitely been go, go, go. A nonstop hustle all the time. Matches, deadlines, unexpected blank and double game weeks, on top of everything the real world has had in store. Sometimes you need a moment to turn off and hit reset. That's when you reach for Coors Light. It's made to chill. For me personally, supporting Fulham during this last year has been a true roller coaster ride. Honestly, when that Adama Traore goal flew past Areola in the 92nd minute of game week 31, the only thing that saved my mental state, the only thing that calmed my nerves, was cracking open a Coors Light. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. The mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. That way, you always know when it's time to chill. When you need to hit reset, just open a Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. And listen, everyone, summer is pretty much here. It's about to get hot in New York. An ice cold Coors Light is such a perfect way for me to beat that summertime heat. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. Hail cheaters, and welcome to the Always Cheating Fantasy Premier League Podcast. My name is Josh, and I'm here with Brandon. Brandon, how are you? I feel great, Josh. Uh, I'm super jazzed about Game Week 27. I'm on the uh, triple cap. I know, and uh, that was... Okay, so let's, let's like just lay the cards on the table right now. This, is, this has not been the ideal double game week, right? For lots of reasons. Uh, most mostly okay. because there's like no ground to like anybody can possibly gain because <laughs> because every single highly owned player has scored like at least one goal this game week. Apart from Zlatan Ibrahimovic, apart that that is true. Apart from Zlatan Ibrahimovic, uh, who is now out for <laughs> yeah. uh, it, 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 it's only two Premier League fixtures because it, it's it's the FA Cup game this weekend and then two games uh, to follow. So um, I like that he just owned up to it too. There was no like no Sturm and Drang. You know, it was just like nope, nope. I elbowed him and. Uh, I meant well, his, 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 his post-match interview, though, he said, well, I couldn't help the fact that Tyrone Mings just decided to jump into my elbow. But that was kind of like that was kind of like him getting pulled over uh, for speeding. You're going to sort of go do the dance with the police officer for a little bit like, no, nah, I didn't know how fast I was going. I was I was paid too paying too close of attention, too close attention to the road officer. And then ultimately, exactly. ultimately, you, you find out. That, yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I didn't. I didn't blame him for trying. Obviously, but I like that they didn't like. They didn't contest it. You know, there was no hearing. It was just like, no, I'll just take the three games. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, the 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 video, the the replay is is so definitive. I mean, any any inclination yeah. that you think that he's going to get away with it, or Tyrone Mings for that matter, it is. I do think it's ludicrous that Mings might get a longer ban. Do you regret bringing Mings in for that Man United fixture? Yeah. So I said earlier, I'm on triple captain, and you, yeah. you know, you call me a maverick if you will, but. Tyrone Mings. Uh, you, you went all in. I went all in. Like, it's, you're my guy, Mings. <laughs> Did he even get a yellow? I mean, you know, see, you're on six points. It's not that bad. It's, that's, it's the equivalent of a clean sheet. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I ultimately, I should have wait, waited until Mings had a double game week to uh, put the triple C on him. <laughs> so that was my bad. All right. So we're recording this in, I, I guess you could still say it's the middle of game week 27. We're recording on Tuesday. Uh, so Man City plays tomorrow. So we don't actually know how everything's going to shake out. It could be, you know, that Aguero has a, uh, you know, Aguero at home to uh, Newcastle type fixture. And he scores, you know, five goals in 20 minutes or something like that to, you know, home to Stoke. I mean, it, it's not impossible. I mean, Stoke have, uh, you know, uh, they shipped four to uh, Spurs you know, a couple weeks ago. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there's also like a chance that where it just like doesn't even like make the 18. Right. Like, who knows with it, that? So it, it, is, uh, it is true. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, this better be the middle of the game week because I'm on 57 points right now. And I fully expect to be on 114 by the end of uh, Wednesday. <laughs> Okay, so walk me through. So we have our podcast last week, and we uh, we talk about different options, and we we talk, <laughs> we talked about uh, Raheem Sterling. Uh, I said that the player who was most likely to play disturbable fixtures was Kevin De Bruyne. So hopefully, no one uh, followed that. We didn't we didn't advocate for bringing in De Bruyne. Oh no, I think I think we definitely argued against it. Yeah, he was far down the list, I and mean, he was below Raheem Sterling and, and Leroy Sané. Yeah. Uh, but you know, so, you know, 30 minutes into that, uh, Stoke match, uh, you know, Sterling, uh, flicks on to Aguero scores like kind of a, you know, a strange little goal, you know, it all, it all happened very quickly. I felt like, yeah, it was a nice one touch goal. I think we've seen Aguero score that goal a number of times. He just great, great strikers goal sense of sense of where the goal is and all that sort of thing. Totally. So uh, so, you know, picks up, picks up some points, but to take a step back on, on the podcast last week, I, neither of us were really leaning towards bringing in Aguero, uh, as of the recording, I think we recorded on Monday night last week. So, uh, Aguero, yeah. So Aguero plays uh, Huddersfield town, uh, I guess man, man city, uh, technically there were 11 players in the bitch, uh, play Huddersfield town and they, they destroy them. And, uh, everyone decides that Huddersfield town is the equivalent of, you know, the Italian national team circa 1990. And, uh, you know, we have to, uh, you know, just to ship five against them is like shipping like 50 against any team in the Premier League. And I, so, I, I, I disagree with your reading of that. I don't think any, I mean, I guess there are some people out there who maybe they're just huge Huddersfield fans who mm-hmm. this played into their logic. The logic wasn't, oh, City destroyed Huddersfield, therefore they're like men on fire. We have to bring them in. It, what the Huddersfield game shows is is Pep's um, intention with the lineup to as far as we could sort of guess. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it shows that Aguero is is getting in the starting 11 and mm-hmm. he is on some kind of form. Mm-hmm. So I think you're reading too much into the so and, that, and that's and that's really only part of the logic. That's that's just sort of the logic leading you into. Okay, so if uh, Aguero is an option for your team, 
then he is a triple captain option because and not because of what he did against Huddersfield, but just because of the type of player that Aguero is generally. And yeah, it was that this season accepting. Okay, so we talked uh, uh, like early on in the season about chips. Yeah, let me take a step, but just to, for to clarify for anyone listening to the podcast, if there, if anyone's listening out there, I also brought in Aguero and captained him. So I, it's not like I'm like sitting here, you know, with like a negative two doubled on Ibrahimovic or something like that. I also, you know, I, I'm not I'm not trying to be overly critical here. I'm just I'm just I'm trying to uh, get into the thinking. So then, what was okay? So I I I want to talk about the triple captaincy decision, but first, was what was your logic then bringing in Aguero? I, well, Aguero. I mean, first of all, everyone was bringing him in, so I felt like uh, I kind of had to as a as a defensive move. Uh, it was encouraging that Pep talked about the kind of form he was in, you know, in his interview after the podcast. Uh, you know, so I, I captaining him to me was a no brainer. Uh, I just, I, I, you know, triple captain him felt risky to me because he's been so profligate all season. I mean, mm-hmm. he just has missed opportunity after opportunity. And he missed what? I mean, he should have scored like three goals in the, um, in the, you know. Um, Sunderland game too. I mean, he's just you know, it's just not quite. He's not quite as like brilliant as he uh, as he has been in previous years. So right. you know, but I I don't. I, it's not like I. I mean, I, I think that there's a real like rationale for triple captain. I, and again, like, I mean, you're sitting on seven points plus another fixture to come. I mean, yeah, odds are pretty good he's going to score tomorrow. And you know, I mean, I, how, how many points is enough points to justify a triple captain? Is it you know? Is it? Uh, it's four. I think it's like uh, to me. I'd, it's like around fourteen or fifteen. If mm-hmm. if Aguero only comes out of this game week with his one goal and his two bonus points, then yeah, obviously that's a failure of a triple captaincy. If he gets two goals and say three to four to five bonus points on the game week, then that is, I'd say, par. And if he if he gets more than that, be it an assist or he scores a brace against Stoke. That's a that's, success. That's a, that's a birdie. That's a birdie. That's a birdie. I'm actually <laughs> shooting for an eagle in terms of like four goals and, and yeah, five gets, bonus points. If you get seven, it's a it's a bogey. I guess it's not it's not so bad. You know, I mean, you're a you're a scratch golfer. You know, you're not a you're not a pro. No, it's it's a skins <laughs> game. It's because if you're talking about this head to head terms, I might lose that skin, but I've got game week twenty eight to make it uh, up. Yeah. I am in an interesting spot, and I guess I am feeling a little frustrated because I, uh, I my, in my head-to-head this game week in our in our in our mini league, I'm playing someone who. Uh, it's funny because we actually are our Facebook friends. So I, I played someone who is literally actually Lucian, who is a, a Patreon supporter of the podcast, but who was visiting his brother this weekend. I don't think he even bothered to set his team. Uh, he didn't make any transfers, didn't have any Man City players. Uh, and he just has a collection of players who all like, like everyone in his team scored a goal, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and he's a West Ham fan. So, of course, Manuel Lanzini comes in and, and scores a completely meaningless goal at the end of that Chelsea game. Exactly. That was a brutal eight points uh, in our head to head. It basically meant that Aguero has to score tomorrow for me to, to for me to you know, pick up the win. Um which you know which which should happen, I guess. But Lucian, um, Lucian could be the only of of the four million plus FPL managers, Lucian is the only one of them that gained anything from that Lanzini goal. Most people <laughs> either lost their head to head uh, uh because of uh, uh, an Alonzo Aspi Cahill Courtois clean sheet wipeout. Sorry right. for any of you that own David Luiz. Um, <laughs> 
Yeah, it was. So the reason I bring this up, and again, I know this is all going to be a lot of this is going to be irrelevant because um, by the time most people are listening, uh, the Man City game will have already been played. But um, it, it just highlighted that we all spent. I spent a lot of like hours, like hours I could have spent reading like Proust or something, uh, thinking about uh, you know my game week 27 team and how many points to burn and how many city players is the right number of city players and uh, how to like also plan for game week 28. And in the end, I didn't have to burn any points. You know, I could, I just captain Harry Kane. I'd be looking really good right now. And said, I dropped Kane for Aguero. Um, and uh, I, the way that I, I'm feeling better about things because there, if, if there was no double game week in game week 27, there's a hundred, one hundred percent certainty I would have captain Ibrahimovic, right? You would have done the same thing, right? Yeah, no doubt, no doubt yeah. about it. I mean, the we we would just be kicking ourselves for not captaining Harry Kane, but instead we're basically just everyone's sweating Aguero right now. Exactly. So Kane picked up, you know, thirteen points, uh, but Aguero's on, you know, seven double already, right? So that's fourteen. And if I had captain Ibra, I'd be on negative one doubled, you know, so I'd be a negative two. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, I mean, it's still, it, it's a net positive. And also I dropped uh, Erickson for Sterling and Sterling picked up six points. So that's a total wash already. Uh, so, you know, I don't, I don't feel too, um, too burnt. Yeah. Well, I think we talked a bit about this very early in the season or even before the season began or, you know, the, the cursory discussion of the chips and how did the chips play out last season and what do we want from them this season? And I feel like we both agreed it would be great if everyone didn't play the chips in the exact same pattern in which it was last season it was right we all wild carded was it into game week 33 or 34 then you either triple captained or bench boost and then you did the other chip in game mm-hmm. week 37 <clears throat> and we were hoping for a situation in this season where there was an opportunity to play the chip sort of out of turn play your triple captain your bench boost out of the pattern and mm-hmm. i think that's why you saw this immediate heard go to the triple captaincy for Aguero because I think a lot of people recognized hey wait a minute are we overlooking this as perhaps a way to you know I I, it's like a flanking maneuver or something like that or a sneak attack yeah and it was also it it was was also like as soon as I, I woke up on Friday morning and then I was kind of resigned to bringing in Aguero, and then I woke up on mm-hmm. Friday morning, and I said, all right, I'm triple captaining. I was buzzing for the rest of the day. I, had, <laughs> I have not had this feeling playing FBL for a majority of the season. A majority it, of your life. Of my life, yeah. I just talk to my wife. Um, and it, this has been – this could turn out to be a huge failure, but I am having a blast in Game Week 27. <laughs> Well, good. I, I I feel bad for starting on such a negative note. Then uh, that's I, fine. I mean, I feel like yeah. I feel like it's worth discussing because it is, and we've spent a lot of the you know the last three or four months of this season asking what's up with Aguero. Is he dead as an asset? And I mean, obviously, yeah. you have to ask this question of how is there just this stark turnaround? Yeah, exactly. And, and I and I my game week's been fine so far. I've got Sterling. I've got Lukaku. I've got Aguero captained. I have Sadio Mane. You know, it's all it's it's all good. You know, it's all fine. Uh, it was a little annoting to me that, and, and I, it's not like there's like any like immutable law 
that this game follows, you know, that FPL follows. But it's it's frustrating that all of us who really tried to like game gaming twenty seven correctly, uh, all sort of it didn't really like there was a barely a net gain. I feel like because uh, you know Diego Costa scores and Kane goes off, and yeah. uh, I mean I know you could still have those players, but most people had to fund those. You know they had to you know, sell off to, to fund the double game week players. So, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it was like, and, and it was just, it was, you know, and Ibrahimovic was just a player that, I mean, you know, there, there might be just like some hindsight thinking here, but it would have been absolute insanity to drop Zlatan Ibrahimovic on the heels of a incredible goal scoring run that he's been on the last month or so, you know, yeah. uh, and, you know, I mean, scored, you know, two goals in the, in the league cup final, he's been scoring everywhere, you know, the, the Europa league and the, in the, you know, the premier league and, you know, and so on. Um, and, you know, it had a penalty, right? I mean, it took an amazing save from Baruch to, uh, uh, you know, to stop him from scoring at least five points. Great you know? saver of penalties, wild man, Arthur Baruch. Exactly. So then he would have been at least five, maybe picks up a bonus point. Uh, maybe they score another goal after that, you know, it changes the whole complexion of the game. So, um, so, you know, it's just, it's, it's, it's a little, you know, this, the game can be fluky at times. Brian. All right. Uh, uh, another game wing 27 plot is Stoke city and particularly their defense. How are we feeling about just passing on Stoke defense in game? Wing uh, 27? Well, I'm still feeling burned for bringing in Ben Foster, like, 10 weeks ago or so over grant yeah uh i mean just it's probably cost me like 35 points or something yeah. grant <laughs> so, on seven points i mean he could he yeah. could be down to five points uh if all goes according to plan grant could be down to zero <laughs> at the end of negative this game negative two yeah right because it'll be uh you think he'll have a couple own goals probably right and uh yeah, yeah and they'll all be and uh, Nolito will get credited with both of the assists. What a what a disaster for everybody. Yeah, except there was, ex, except Lucian, who probably owns Nolito. I saw that Pep said that uh, some of his players were tired. Uh, There's no health problems, but some players were tired going into tomorrow's match. Now, hopefully, that does not mean Aguero. Uh, I don't think it will mean Sterling because he got subbed off at the you know 73rd minute or something like that. No, he uh, he, he seemed to he seemed to point at Leroy Sané and the fact that he couldn't string a full 90 minutes in, in right. a match together. Could you believe Raheem Sterling in that Sunderland game? How many points should Sterling have scored? I mean, that guy. I don't know. Uh, 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 I felt like he should have had at least like two assists and a maybe a goal. Uh, just, yeah, he should have had like eighteen points. I felt like City looked pretty good. They all looked pretty good, but they just didn't. They just just didn't get into fifth gear. Profligate, Brandon. They're profligate. <laughs> so I mean, I'm just feeling good going into uh, going into the Stoke match because I feel like City they. They'll be at home. They'll be at the Etihad, it, and it may be the fifth gear moment. All right. Well, we'll. I guess we'll see, won't we? So, uh, Brandon, it's been an interesting week so far. Uh, there's no Hail Cheater Super League update right now because uh, everything will uh, change. Everything was. Yeah, exactly. There's no point even running through the top ten as of right now because I was on. Some. I was on all green arrows uh, until that Chelsea match, and now I'm all on these tiny little red arrows. It's very concerning. Yeah, it just it's it's it, yeah, just you know, Costa. Yeah, and, that Costa uh, goal, I think, is it? Yeah, yeah, and and uh, and Hazard. I mean, Hazard's yeah. ownership is still pretty. There's a lot of Chelsea I, fans out there. Just discount how many people actually still have Hazard in their team. But fair enough, fair play. Well, dead teams too. Yeah, they're dead to me. 
<laughs> so we do have some some mini meltdowns though, Brandon. And uh, so okay, let's let's talk about this episode. It's, it's a weird episode. Uh, we've got like like one fixture this weekend. We're technically <laughs> in the middle of still in the middle of game week twenty seven, and game week right. twenty eight is. Yeah, it's like the, I guess, the third episode in a season of Game of Thrones. You could probably just skip it if you wanted. It also feels like, I feel like I have thought about Game Week 28 for for several weeks now. You know, as anyone, maybe not anyone, but most people who are listening to this podcast, you know, know that this crazy, you know, four, there's there's four fixtures, you know, eight teams are playing. Uh, It's only going to be three by by a miracle. when Burnley lost at home to Lincoln City, it, it created another. Fi- How bad would this game be if there wasn't that fixture? I mean, I, I would have to like load up on. I don't even know. <laughs> like, I, like we'd all have Josh King, I guess. That'd be like the only answer. Yeah, Josh King uh, and Alfie Mawson. So we're going to talk about. Uh, we have a few meltdowns to go through. We're going to talk about game week twenty-eight. Uh, a few general questions, and that's it. I think we're going to get out of here in like forty minutes. It's going to be like our shortest podcast ever. Right, you said. I think it. Our, our shortest podcast up until now was an hour and fifty-five minutes. So this will be a real. <laughs> I mean, our shortest podcast is like an audiobook version of Atlas Shrugged. <laughs> right. Okay, so a few meltdowns here. Aiden Green says, uh, "This is a, this is a more philosophical question." Actually, there, I, I've got kind of two back to back here, so I'm, I'm going to say them both at once. Uh, not not at the same time, like in stereo. <laughs> I'll say one, and then I'll say the next oh, one. That would be amazing, though. <laughs> uh, Aiden Green said, uh, "Would you say you honestly enjoy playing FPL, or is it a cruel addiction?" I'm not sure anymore. <laughs> then Dave from Burnley says, "When is rage quitting the thing? Uh, would it be Aguero blank tomorrow? Missed pen sent out for spitting? When?" <laughs> okay, so I guess I'll tackle the rage. Yeah, quit you're Mister Happy. Uh, I and I, I enjoy go on, pl- Mister Happy. I enjoy playing video games as well, uh, so I'm familiar with this concept of rage quitting. Whether you're playing FIFA or or like Call of Duty or something like that, and rage quitting is acceptable in in those situations because a rage quit basically means you get to uh, uh, get out of the situation and you can immediately start a new game. If you rage mm-hmm. quit FPL, you're waiting. Like six months until you get to play again, and you know, just to go back to Aiden's question, we're straight up addicted. There's, there's <laughs> there is a dopamine, uh, I think, uh, rush that's happening here that feels good and and can make it sort of seem fun. But you're too addicted to quit and and have to wait that long for next season. So you, you, under no circumstances can you can you rage quit. I, 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 I do, I do think I agree with you here. I mean, uh, you, you got to see it through. You know, it's, it's we, we've talked before. I mean, I be I a man, never, Dave. We've talked before in the podcast about how people, you know, will often, you know, I mean, I think the the number of dead teams is like creeping up to like close to fifty percent or something like that, uh, leaving a measly two million managers who are actively <laughs> playing this game. Uh, and you know, I, I do understand. I mean, it's a 38 week season. It's super long. You know, if you miss a couple weeks, you know, maybe like the threat is gone. If you don't have an active like league community, I can see it being less fun. You know I mean? Yeah. I think that we at least have, you know, we have lots of people in our league who, who take it seriously all the way through. Yeah. Uh, and even if they don't take it seriously, they, uh, you know, they'll show up, you know, to watch games together and, um, they're still having they're having fun, you know. Yeah, they don't really, there's it, at least yeah. the, the minor amount of banner at the at the very least. 
Exactly. So if you didn't have that, I could see how maybe you're like you, you you'd want to switch off or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I feel like yeah, you know, yeah, you got to see it through. You got to set new goals for yourself. You know, you got to find new things to care about. Uh, Dave knows this. I think he's a longtime uh, fantasy manager. Uh, as to the question of whether I enjoy playing FBL. Uh, I don't know that I enjoy anything. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so I don't know how to answer that question. Uh, I find it stimulating. I, I, I okay. I, I will. I'll jump in here and because uh-huh. I, I, I wonder myself. There are many weekends where I wonder if I'd if I'd be enjoying the football more if I was watching it as, uh, away from my fantasy team. Yeah. Or would I enjoy it less? Like, do I enjoy the football more because of the fantasy team? And right. and I can't I can't tell. I don't know. And I think that's I, why pure the pure watch has become a thing that we talk yeah. about. I think it goes back to the friend thing. I think that to to enjoy fantasy for thirty eight weeks, you it really helps to have a mini league or a hail shooter super league for that matter. Yeah, it helps to have a league that you that you care about and, 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 and ideally friends that you see in real life or at the very least that you communicate, communicate with via, you know, Skype or I don't know, you know, G chat or email or texts or Facebook or Twitter, like just some way where you're kind of egging each other on and you're, you know, the other people are paying attention. And I, th- I think that's, that's, you know, you have to find the micro joy. Right. Yeah. Or something. Yeah. 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 You know, you know what I mean? I like this term. I don't, know, I, don't joy. Aiden, I don't know. I don't know if Aiden knows what I mean, but you know what I mean. I know. Uh, what you yeah. Mean. Is, is because it a cool I'm your addiction? friend. Josh. Is it a cool addiction? Yes, it is. Uh, we've said before, the season is just so insanely long. There really should be a halfway. Like the fantasy. I don't know. The fantasy game. You know, when they they need to come to us once again. If you're if you're out there and you're running the fantasy Premier League site. Send Brendan and I an email because we have lots of thoughts. We've solicited many reader suggestions for ways to improve the league. And they could be doing so much more with mini leagues and micro leagues and second half leagues and and six, you know, six round tournaments and round robins. And there's all kinds of like different things that they could be doing to to, to jazz things up. And I, I don't think it would take that much bandwidth on their part. So haven't I told you, Josh, that I already have an open line of communication with uh, fantasy premier league. We have, we uh, email weekly about Gareth McCauley. <laughs> <laughs> we, we yeah i know you, you, you how you guys have like set that up is amazing it's i cool. i am like i am the <laughs> vladimir putin to the fpl donald trump i am pulling all the strings all right this last one i i'm just gonna post actually you read this one out loud but i i, I think we can just read it without comment uh, i think it reflects the logic of uh many managers out there all right meltdown of the week from emmett sutton who says selling ali and lukaku for sani and kane that's minus four. Uh, okay, I think I'm reading this right, Josh. That's minus four, cost 22 points for 17 points at the moment. But if no Kuhn, then Captain on Ibra. So that's plus eight, which equals 25 with a free spin tomorrow on Sané and Kane. Uh, no, Kuhn. Sané and Kuhn on a captaincy. Hashtag maths win. Hashtag fuzzy logic. Hashtag, here's the key, Josh, still have Kane. So Emmett, Emmett in, in one tweet, basically cycled through all the permutations of Game Week 27. Yeah. That wasn't even a meltdown. Uh, the, he, he, he gives the meltdown of the week section a bad name. <laughs> he does. He does. <laughs> you're not, you're, yeah, you're not pulling out your hair enough, Emmett. You're, you're too sane for the meltdown section. All right, and Brett, I think we've melted down enough for ourselves. Let's take a quick break, and let's get back and talk about Game Week 28. All right. Say- 
Game Week 28, Brandon, uh, I'm going to run through the fixtures for Game Week 28. I'll do it a few times to really, to really let it sink in. Uh, <laughs> we have three matches on Saturday. Bournemouth, West Ham, Everton, West Brom, Hull, Swansea, Liverpool, Burnley. Uh, actually, that Liverpool Burnley matches on Sunday. Uh, so you probably got confused. Let me repeat it again, Brandon. Uh, Bournemouth West Ham, Everton West Brom, Hull Swansea, and Liverpool Burnley. I guess the nice thing is you have those two Wests on the same side of the uh, of the fixture chart. It's very yeah, aesthetic. but they're kind of on, they're, they're kind of on the east side of the fixture chart though, which is driving me insane. That's <laughs> true. They, they really should flip those just for you know for just for sanity. For, yeah, yeah, exactly. It's confusing because then you wouldn't know who the home team was, but it'd be nice, you know, aesthetically. Yeah, just for all the OCD people out there. <laughs> so it's it's four fixtures. Uh, as, you know, everybody kind of knows, I think, uh, you know, they, they know about these fixtures. A lot of us have been planning for them for, for a while now. Uh, those of us who aren't planning, planning are suddenly panicking as they realize they have, like, you know, six, seven, who knows how many players uh, I have seven players uh, for game week 27 or for 28, excuse me. Mm-hmm. Uh, it could have been eight, uh, although now it is confirmed. Uh, I can actually jump ahead and I can answer a question from Fat Gorilla about Stanislaw uh, and confirm that Junior Stanislaw is almost definitely not going to be playing this weekend. Uh, some sort of light injury. So, um, so I'm on seven and I am considering a an eight-point hit, Brandon, to bring wow. in three players. I know. Uh, it's very uncommon for me, but um, just the way I think about it, I, I, I don't know. I, you don't need that many points uh, to make up the eight-point hit when when no one's playing at all. You know? yeah, it's um, true. That is yeah, true. I, I'm not planning to bring in any defenders. They would all be from midfielders and forwards. So I think that... I think the odds are, particularly because there are players that you can take hits for who have a pretty, you know, pretty good chance of of picking up some attacking points. Is and this I, like I an it, anti-double game week where uh, if you are fielding a player who has a match, it's like they are effectively on a double game week? <laughs> yeah, it, it kind of feels that way. Um, so, okay, so, you know, my, my, my thinking has changed a little bit because of the Ebra red card, too, because we know that he's going to be missing two fixtures. Yeah. Uh, there's a pretty good chance I'm just going to wild card in game week 29 anyway. Uh, but just in case I decide not to now, I've got to – well, and also just for, for value purposes because uh, I expect this price to drop. Uh, I'm going to be dropping Ibra probably uh, in order to bring in Lorente, right? Who I know that's kind of the like forward du jour, but it, he's the one who makes the most sense, right? I mean of any of the, many of the forward options for game week 28 that aren't Romulo Lukaku, it's got to be Lorente. Yeah, I have uh, to agree with that. Yeah, I mean, uh, Andy Carroll doesn't give me that excited. All these other teams don't even have forwards except for Romelu Lukaku. Right. Yeah, I mean, I I actually, I don't mean to just totally glide over Carroll because I think that there's, you know, he could, I mean, especially because Bournemouth's defense has been so bad. I I honestly don't know how they didn't concede like five goals away to Man United. Like, do they deserve credit for that or was it just Man United being kind of wasteful? Like, I felt like Man United should have done more. I think it's fair to say it's a little bit of both. Yeah, and also yeah. I guess uh, for in Andy Carroll's favor, Tyrone Mings will presumably be out. So it, it's like not that Mings has been at all close to good for Bournemouth this season. You're but, a triple captain, Brandon. Yeah, listen, if anybody knows, <laughs> it's me. 
Poor Tyron uh, Mings. I mean, he, he missed a whole season. Yeah. Finally gets a chance to play. Immediately stops on someone's head. Uh, but I feel like he was yeah, like totally blew it. They that team just needed to play to, that back line needed to play together a bit more, and you you wonder if they were just starting to v- develop some sort of understanding, and now they're going to have to go through another uh, rotation back there. So Andy Carroll yeah. could be able to take advantage of that. Yeah, he he could, and um, I, I guess Lynn's okay. So let's 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 get to some questions because we we have, we've got a number of questions about Game Week Twenty Eight, and I think as we go through these, uh, it'll we'll end up touching on all of the key questions for Game Week Twenty Eight, right? Well, uh, just real quick for me, um, I I am buoyed by the fact that Jordy Amat actually, for the first time in a long time, scored a point. In oh, he uh, did. Yeah, he came on uh, on for uh, I think it was three minutes against Burnley. And awesome. uh, scored a point. So I don't know if I can count him amongst my potential game week 28 players, but there he is, Jordi Amat, bringing me up Pro- to seven. Yeah. At the very least, it means you can't drop him, right? I mean, he's, undro- I mean, he's undroppable. <laughs> he's undroppable. I hope you keep him like through a wild card. I hope you just stick with, with Amat, you know, just, just for old time's sake. Sure. Why not? <laughs> okay, let's move on to the questions. Razzy Boy says, Brandon. Well, okay, he just asked us. He asked us. But I'm, I'm asking you, Brandon. Okay. Uh, are, are there any sure clean sheets in Game Week 28? I have to actually tip my hat to Razzy Boy for even asking this question because he tweeted at us Friday evening saying, Do you think it'd be worth a minus four to bring in Glenn Whelan? I think it was for. I can't remember who it was for, but it was for a defender that was just had no chance of starting. And I was like, nah, it's not worth it. Stoke. They're going to get murdered by uh, Man City on Wednesday. And and then Glenn Whelan shows up with an assist and a clean sheet. So I do, yeah. do feel a little bad about that. I mean, come on. You can't feel bad about it. Glenn, Glenn Whelan had no goals, no assists the entire time. It's, it's, it's Glenn Whelan. I mean, yeah. come on. The, I mean, uh, on a team full of unsexy defenders like Orctastic Ryan Shawcross and <laughs> and uh, Peters, who has has kind of been an under the radar defender this season. I thought I thought Wheeler was classified as a as a midfielder, isn't he? He's a midfielder, isn't he? Oh, is he? You're, you're gonna have to look that up. Can you? Yeah, he's a he's from? a four point three million midfielder. Oh, it was it was it was just a a false question on his face, Razzie boy. <laughs> maybe yeah, I'm maybe on. I'm misremembering it. I was in quite a state on Friday night. Yeah, I mean Whelan did pick up eight points, so you 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 were you were wrong, but your your thinking was correct. You just you, you know you were uh, you know I don't know you were unlucky. I was out to lunch. <laughs> okay, so but clean sheets in game week twenty eight. Uh, God, could I guarantee any clean sheet here? I mean maybe oh, I, I think, maybe I think, Everton. I think Everton have an excellent chance of a clean sheet in game week uh twenty eight. Free Whelan, West Brom, not to pun on we were just talking about Glenn Whelan, but West Brom is also free Whelan. They score. Yeah, they do, but I, I you know, West I mean Everton's defense has been, you know, quite a bit better the last seven or eight weeks. And uh I mean I even thought they played okay in the uh well, okay, Ashley Williams basically gave Harry Kane a goal. Uh <laughs> but other than that, I thought they played pretty well. I mean I, I, know they I, I agree. Great. I agree. They yeah. had, they just had some trouble uh you know getting through the midfield. That was their really only their real problem. Playing a very tough uh very tough Spurs squad and in very good form. So you you can't blame them for losing that game. Uh, I think that uh, Everton, to me, I mean, well, how about Liverpool at home to Burnley? I mean, there's a pretty good chance of a clean sheet there, wouldn't you say? 
Yeah, I suppose. But he would also say Liverpool Hull, great clean sheet opportunity, right. and then Hull yeah. just comes and cleans Liverpool's clock. All right, Brandon, we're we're uh, you know we're seventy one weeks into this podcast, and I, I have a promise for you. Uh-huh. As long as this podcast goes. Uh, I will never say that there's a sure clean sheet in any given game week because who knows, right? All it doesn't take anything. It takes a, you know, it takes a corner kick and an own goal for a clean sheet to go away. It it takes nothing. Losing a clean sheet is like the easiest and like it happens. I mean, look at the, you know, look at the Chelsea uh, West Ham game on Monday, right? I mean, it's like, you know, Chelsea did completely dominated that game. I mean, West Ham had absolutely no answer. Uh, yeah, and then 91st minute when the game was effectively all over, right? I mean, you know, Hazard had been subbed, Pedro had been subbed. Uh, I mean, Victor Moses, the unstoppable Victor Moses had been subbed. Right, right, right. Uh, you know, and then they concede a goal. So, I mean, you know, who knows? It's, it's so fluky. Well, okay, so here here would be the defensive picks then. I think you, we're spot on with Everton, and obviously it's Baines or Coleman get one of them, and their attacking potential yeah. is huge. Coleman, you got to get Coleman. And well, yeah, I would, I would, I would, oh, yeah, you have Coleman and I would definitely go Coleman myself. Now, what about, I mean, West Ham playing against Bournemouth, West Ham, it doesn't really matter if they're home and home or away this season. They're kind of terrible at, uh, at the London stadium, Aaron quest, Aaron Cresswell, 5.2. Yeah. I mean, uh, let's see what, what fixtures do uh, just looking beyond game week 28. Cause I, it it does feel like, particularly if we're going to be playing our wild card, not not soon after. Um, yeah. But I, I do wonder about the long term potential of say Aaron Cresswell, and so it's. After, <laughs> Are you saying Questwell? I can't. I'm sorry. I don't mean to say Questwell like I have a speech impediment. Cresswell. Yeah. Okay. Cresswell. There I go. I got it. So after Bournemouth. Uh, we've got Leicester City, Hull away, then Arsenal, which who knows, Swansea, right. Sunderland. The fixtures are pretty decent for it's West very, Ham, all things considered. So why not Aaron Cresswell? Extremely. De- why not Aaron Cresswell? I, I, th- I think Cresswell is a, a fine choice. I, I, you know, Bournemouth are able to score. I mean, they're they're they're. They have, you know, they have been in a terrible run of form. I mean, I guess it's a miracle they picked up a point. Uh, I, I don't think they're going to go down. I think they're like they're just safe enough. But um, they've they, all season they've been able to score. I, mean, I, I don't, I you know, I, I don't have the stats handy, but I, I don't think they've been held scoreless very often this season. I feel like they have. Uh, um, let's see if I can actually pull that up real fast here. While you're pulling that up, uh, um, we have another question. It's from Sean Number One, who is sort of tacking onto this defense question. He asked, "Best keeper for game week 28?" I'm thinking Mignolet for after uh, Louise and Courtois uh, keep breaking my heart. Uh, he's referring to Chelsea getting a, a few clean sheet wipes out. Wipe. Wipeout. I cannot talk this podcast. Getting some clean sheet wipeouts recently. So best replacements for Chelsea defense. That to me is insane. Keep your Chelsea defenders. Keep yeah, it's, it's just a fluky. It's a fluky run. I mean, you know, I, I, I conceded a goal in the ninety first minute. I feel like the last goal they conceded. I mean, they conceded that goal in that absolutely beautiful Eden Hazard uh, free kick. Right. I mean, it goes over like eighteen players and. Falls like perfectly on Lorente's head. I, I also feel like when people like on like regular non fantasy podcasts talked about that goal, I don't feel like enough credit went to Sigurdsson for like basically creating that goal. Right? Oh, it was, a, that. It was he all, put it in the absolute yeah. perfect place where Courtois not going to come out for it. Exactly. Uh, so I think that. Um, 
I lost my train of thought. Oh yeah, right. So, so they've conceded, they've effectively conceded two goals on two, uh, you know, one in a fluky set piece, one in the final minutes of a of a game they were completely dominating. I, I, to me, it's not indicative of any kind of um, bad run of form or anything. It's just it's just bad luck, and it's hard to keep clean sheets for a defender. And uh, it really doesn't matter. I mean, it matters, but it's you know, as long as you have Alonso or Asplaqueta. Uh, even Cahill, right? Because he scored so many goals this year. Uh, there's always a chance of getting attacking points anyway. So I, you know, I just think it's a yeah. I mean, it is a bad rut, right? I mean, how many games in a row now is that they haven't kept a clean sheet? Is it three or four? Uh, that's a good question. I couldn't tell you. Even though I'm a, an Alonso owner, I sort of like put it out of my mind. Uh, it is. It's three, right? And and four of the last five. So yeah, that is um, that is rough. That is a rough one for the best. What is the best defense in the league? It, actually, it's five in a row. Pardon me. It was uh, Alonzo had scored a goal in the Arsenal match, and so he had more points. But yeah, it was uh, yeah five games in a row. Uh, they have uh, they have not kept a clean sheet. The last one they kept was uh, was home to Hull. Well, yeah, and then speak. So speaking of, uh, you want to talk about another goalkeeping option apart from Minulites, uh, my man Joel Robles, and they're coming up against Hull. Uh, in game week 29. So that's a pretty decent one-two punch for ever, be it an Everton defender or goalkeeper with what rest West Brom and then Hull. Um, yeah, I like, uh, I like Robles. I like Robles. I like Coleman. I like Baines <laughs> and Robles. <laughs> Robles was getting some stick for a few of those early goals, um, against Spurs, but he came on strong in the second half and he made some really good saves. He, um, he just, He's he's got that mentality that I think if you look at a guy, say take Lucas Fabianski for example, he always looks a little unsure of himself. And he's um, you know he could let the game carry him away, and maybe I'm just speaking as a Joel Robles owner, but I see some <laughs> I see a little twinkle in his eye. A little confirmation bias here. <laughs> I, I I actually I like uh, Fabianski. I think you were kind of. I think you're kind of taken into the mat, and uh, I think he's a, he's a pretty pretty good keeper, Fabianski. He's he's fine. He's fine. I I he's just not had a good season. The whole team has not had a good season. You can't pin it all on the goalkeeper. It's true. All right, let's let's move on to uh, to a bigger question. It was uh, really possibly the big question for this game week, even even bigger than uh, than us talking about Chelsea defenders for I don't know game week twenty nine. Uh, Luke. Uh, our friend Luke uh, FPL Funchat says uh, Liverpool mids are making another resurgence like they did earlier. Uh, apart from Mane, do you like Firmino or Coutinho? And then uh, Siggy Eskerlind uh, chimed in and said Coutinho or Firmino. So what say you, Brandon? Uh, I was watching um, No Country for Old Men over the weekend, mm-hmm. and I feel a little bit like Anton Shigura. Just mm-hmm. I'm just going to say, call it. I'm going to flip the flip the coin, and I'll just say to you, Siggy and uh, Thunshot, call it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to to properly evaluate. Like looking at the stats, I'm not sure is super useful for Coutinho because uh, it depends on what part of the season you're looking at. And uh, I, I I honestly think he was he was I think he came back injured. I think that he was still not in peak form when he returned and. Uh, I watched. I think I watched the entire Liverpool match um, uh, the, over the weekend, and uh, I don't know. I said thick. I absolutely did. I said and did nothing. Yeah, either you did or you didn't. 
<laughs> I sat on my couch and watched two hours of Liverpool, and I thought he looked fantastic. I actually thought he was very unlucky to come away with uh, with no points in that game. I mean, oh, they all looked fantastic. Those three minds. Yeah, I say that in a, in a game where you know Coutinho and Firmino, or I mean Firmino and Mane both got a goal and an assist, and they looked. Uh, I mean, if if you would want to pair them up at all, I think, and it's just recency, but. Mane and Firmino seem to have some sort of some sort of mental mind meld happening uh, happening in that game. So, are you thinking about bringing in a second Liverpool mid for this? Yeah, game? I think that's I think that's my likely move. Mm-hmm. And um, are you leaning towards Mane or Coutinho or or Lallana or somebody else? It will be Wijnaldum, perhaps. It would be Mane or Coutinho, uh-huh. and I th- I think I lean towards Mane, and uh, that's I don't want to. You know, you have Mane, and I'm I think about our head to head, and I don't, you know, I don't want to mm-hmm. line up the same team as you. But, yeah, but I don't want, yeah. I don't want to, I don't want to overcomplicate it. I think Mane is just really the, the smartest option if you already have Firmino, and if you already have Mane, then I think Firmino is the smartest option. With the caveat, of course, that we all know is yeah. Coutinho is a little magician, and he could turn around and have a 15 point game, no problem. Yeah. I am leaning towards Coutinho, uh, to be honest. Uh, part of it is because um, I, I guess I like the the slight difference. I mean, if I were like leading my mini league, I would go with Firmino. But uh, I think if you're down, that Coutinho is a better option. His ownership's a little bit lower. Um, price is a little bit lower, too. But I, I don't think by much. Maybe like uh, two-tenths of a, of a million. Um, so I, I think that – and I just think that he was all over the ball as well. I think that there's um, – <laughs> Uh, he actually had one. I feel like he had one like turn that uh, Czech had to make a great save in the top corner. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he definitely did. And I yeah. think that's right. Coutinho's involvement does does make a really good case there. If you have Mane or if you have Firmino, then you've got you know the strict sort of goal scoring points covered. Right. And with Coutinho, given that he's so involved in in the linking, that mm-hmm. that's. A, you sort of only need one of Firmino, and, right. and yeah, I think you know what I'm saying. Yeah, and given that they've all been in the points the last couple of game weeks, given that they, you know, it can be very hard to pick the right like Liverpool midfielder. You know, I mean, it's kind of been the the, the, the story all season. At least it was when they were in good form in the first half. And um, I, I would like to think they're going to stay in good form, although it seems like they kind of only get it up for the the top teams. Uh, so I think that. Um, yeah, I think that that's like the best I can say is if you are they trailing in your if you're trailing in your <laughs> get uh, get excited, uh, you sure, know? Sure. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm gonna put the explicit uh, explicit <laughs> lyrics <laughs> stamp on this episode. Uh, yeah, I think that uh, that like the the best advice I can give is if you're trailing in your mini league and you want a differential, pick Coutinho. If you're up, pick Firmino. Right. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, do you feel like you, there's objectively like a right answer here between those two? I think I think the way you've said it is probably the most objective it's going to get. Right. And one is a slightly more defensive move. One is a more yeah. uh, high-risk, high-reward move. Totally. Totally agree. All right. Leo633 asks, Lanzini, King, or Siggy? We're going to take it off Liverpool here for a moment. This is, this is sort of the... Uh, I mean, you I, would you also lump in um, Urente into this category? Well, I don't know what you really call this category. Yeah, these are all mid. These are all mid. Yeah, okay. we'll save Lorente for a minute. Uh, I think that okay between those three, uh, 
Okay, I think between those three, you have to look ahead to the... It depends on what you're going to wild card in the next few game weeks. I think that, as we talked about a moment ago, the fixtures are really good for West Ham over the next several game weeks. Uh, Snodgrass has not been the... Mid, he has not filled the Pyatt role the way we thought he was going to. It looks like it's actually it really is more Lanzini. So, yeah. um, and not that Lanzini is really on free kicks exactly, but it just seems like he's like he's been like a little more ball dominant since. Uh, yeah. Got ball dominant. I really am. Uh, yeah, it's a very dirty podcast, Brandon. <laughs> well, that's more uh, of a basketball reference, isn't it? <laughs> uh, is it? I don't know. Uh, so, yeah, it could so be West Ham. Thing. I'm not sure. Yeah, so West Ham, uh, they play Bournemouth, Leicester, Hull, uh, and Swansea in four of the next five. Uh, Swansea have a pretty good run of fixtures themselves. Uh, they play Hull, Bournemouth, um, Middlesburger, uh, Spurs, and West Ham in the next five. And yeah. then Bournemouth, Bournemouth uh, it's a little bit worse. I mean, they, they play West Ham and Swansea in 28-29, and then they play Southampton away, Liverpool away, Chelsea at home. So... I guess if I were looking long, I mean, if, if you're only looking at one game week, then maybe Josh King is a better option. I, I don't know. I mean, you have I, to I, believe I, that that Eddie Howe is targeting targeting points, one or three points in these two upcoming matches, because it's going to get really dicey uh, once they start yeah. hitting Southampton, Liverpool, Chelsea, Spurs, and True. they need points. So I'm, I'm just wondering how aggressive. They're going to be, and then I don't know. Maybe that's something to think yeah. about. I'm not in love with Josh King. Uh, like, I don't. I mean, I'm not really sure why. Maybe it's just because he was really in and out of that squad uh, the last couple of years. You know, he's kind of even. You know, even last season he would sort of come on and he'd be really a little bit like Junior Stanislaw. He would come on and uh, pick up points, and then he would sort of disappear for a while. And so I don't know. I think that I'm not planning to bring in Josh King myself. Yeah. For whatever that's worth, I, I'm just not really a believer. But I'm not sure that that's a um, like the right statistical answer, or if that's just me like having some kind of bias against Josh King. I really wish for West Ham that Andre Ayew was a more regular featured player for them because he would be a really fun player to bring in yeah. this game week. Well, you know, Antonio's a little off the radar, right? Because he didn't play the last game week, uh, you know, with the red card. That's true. He'll be back. Yeah, it's he's an interesting. You know, I actually hadn't really thought about Antonio. You know, he might be a really good option for this game week. I mean, especially, you know, with everyone looking at Siggy, maybe uh, maybe Antonio is. Um, oh, by the way, to answer the question, I think it's definitely Siggy. <laughs> I mean, if money is no option between Lanzini, King, and Sigurdsson, I would definitely go Sigurdsson. Agreed. Yeah. Easy. Uh, but Antonio is an interesting option too. I mean, if I if I were burning eight and it was all my midfield, I might look at bringing in. You know, Coutinho. I mean, I guess I could bring a Coutinho in for me now, uh, but maybe Coutinho, uh, Siggy, and uh, and Antonio. That'd be a pretty. Uh, I feel like that would be a midfield that would be like almost guaranteed to pick up uh, some points in game week twenty eight. No, I, I agree. Uh, what else can we talk about in game week twenty eight? How about Andy Carroll? Dave from Burnley says uh, criminally ignored this week or not. Uh, I guess, I guess he's, he's just ignored. I wouldn't call it criminal, Dave. <laughs> Nobody's going to jail for this. Now it's, uh, I, I agree. <laughs> we, we, we kind of, we kind of, you just quietly, I like, I just, I was, I was thinking about something to say and I just heard you quietly laughing at your own, uh, your own comment. <laughs> That's basically where I'm at right now. Uh, we, Sean, we, we, we touched upon this earlier, though, didn't we? That Andy Carroll is sure. Yeah, absolutely. It could go his way. 
It could go his way. Uh, you know, there's always the injury risk with Carroll, and uh, that's why I'm always kind of reluctant to bring him in. Uh, I also think that Lorente is a better option for this game week, and I think the price is okay. Uh, Lorente is uh, 6.4 million, so extremely affordable. And Andy uh, Carroll is 6.2. 6.2, right? So almost exactly the same price. Uh, Lorente is in fantastic form. Uh, Hull are terrible. And uh, we'll probably concede a couple of goals. So, um, yeah, I think that uh, I think Lorente is, and, and they have pretty good fixtures after game week twenty eight. So, if you plan on keeping him around, uh, you know he's a, he's a pretty good option. Do you think we're going to get any uh, blowback on what you just said about Hull? Though, I mean, they're they're getting a lot of praise for their organization recently under new management you know a lot of people are bringing in uh you know looking at game week 28 we brought in guys like andrew robertson and mcguire so yeah i mean they lost you know two of their last i mean they picked up one point from nine in their last three games uh i mean they just lost they just shipped three away to lester uh drew it home they lost Two nothing away to Arsenal. I mean, you know, I, I know they beat Liverpool, but um, I don't know. I'm not really like blown away by anything that Hall like does. I know, I know that you have Robertson, and so you're kind of uh, well. Of all know. the things I'm going to push you on, this is not going to be one of them. <laughs> right. The glory that yeah. is that is Hull City's defense. But let's look ahead for a moment here. Uh, a couple of questions, uh, sort of general questions. Uh, uh, about the uh, the last, you know, we're in the, really in the stretch run here, right? We've got twenty five percent of the season to go. The business end. Yeah, Hagsrud says uh, Sanchez laughing and smirking at the one uh, five uh, home loss to Bayern. Should we stay away? Uh, what do you think? <laughs> What's what, what are your thoughts on? I mean, I, we, you and I talked offline about Arsenal. I, I I'm not even going to talk about it on the podcast. Yeah, gen- I can't gen- help myself from cursing. Sure. General thoughts would be Sanchez is obviously done with this team and he's leaving in the summer, but I do not think that that disrupts his value as an FPL asset because if we know anything about Sanchez is he's he's just a footballing machine when he gets on the pitch yeah, and he doesn't care about any of the off-field politics when he's playing. You can tell that yeah. he just wants to do well and score goals even if it's just for himself. So I could yeah, he, I could see him scoring many 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 more goals this season. And I, I thought he did everything he could. You know, I mean, after after the whole training ground bust up issue, the you know, alleged issue, uh, you know, it sounds like he you know he, he went on his. I guess that's like that's like how athletes do it now. Like he went on his Instagram page and said everything was cool and had uh-huh. some quote from. It's from like uh, it's like. Uh, I don't know. It was like from some like English writer from the. It was like from Chesterton or something. Uh, he had like I don't know some quote about like you know it's not about the people in front of me. It's about my teammates behind me or whatever. And you know shook Arsene Wenger's hand on the training ground or whatever. So I think it's all fine. I mean I guess if he doesn't play in the FA Cup game this weekend, maybe you're a little. I mean he shouldn't play in that game, right? It's Lincoln City, no. but uh, he probably will uh, at some point. Additionally, I, 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 there are huge superstars. I'm thinking about <laughs> this is not quite the right example, but Drogba at Montreal Impact, uh, you know, has a little bust up with his manager and he's just like, screw this. I'm like taking the next plane home and I'm not even going to play for this team anymore. Sanchez right. was benched after a training ground row and he happily came into the game at halftime and, right. and played and, really well and played really well. I feel like yeah. if he's able to do that, 
he could have easily said to Wenger, like, well, I'm not, I know you need me on that field and you're humiliating right. me, so I'm not going to play. And it's worth the risk anyway, right? Because uh, they have two double game weeks coming up in their final 10 fixtures. Yeah. No, it, yeah, it's true. So sort of is sort of not, not all tarnished for, for him yet. Uh, David Fellheim says, uh, save my triple captain. Uh, should I use on the double game week for Hazard, Ibra, Sanchez, or Kane? Uh, I think it's too early to say. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, we could have done some real hard research into what the actual double game week fixtures would be. I mean, they haven't obviously been posted well, yeah, to FPL yeah. yet, but we you know, will. a lot of it, a just, lot of a yeah. lot of it will depend on form and mm-hmm. injury and mm-hmm. all that stuff. Yeah, exactly. I think. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's too early to tell. Um, I guess. Sanchez is the one that I would lean towards, you know. I Harry mean, I, Kane, just the last three game weeks. <laughs> That's true. I no forgot way. About, I, 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 uh, hard I about for Kane. Harry Kane right now. Yeah, right, exactly. So, yeah, it could be, yeah, maybe Kane is, I guess, Kane or Sanchez. Uh, Ibra is, he's, Ibra to me is a little bit like Diego Costa. Uh, they don't, they just don't have those, like, massive game weeks. They, they don't tend not to, at least. You know, they never have, like, I wonder what the most points Ibra scored in a game. I guess he had that. Was it home to Bournemouth in game week 17 or something where he had like 17 points? But in general, he's not like a massive. He'll get like one goal, you know, yeah. like he's a great like eight, 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 you know, three game weeks in a row. Same, kind for, of same for, for Hazard, even Diego Costa. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think exactly. it's down to Sanchez and Kane. I think so, too. Uh, I mean, Kane, God, right? I mean, he has 33 points in the last two game weeks. It's ridiculous. Uh, Roto Premier League, Stephen. Hello, hey, Stephen. Uh, asks is Gabadini? Is it, is it Gabbiadini? Gabbiadini. Gabbiadini. Is I, Gabby <laughs> the greatest goal scorer Quest in well. Premier League history? What? Go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Roto Premier League. Our friend Stephen says, "Is Gabby <laughs> just going to leave that in there?" This is hilarious. This is great podcasting. Uh, says uh, is Gabby Dini the greatest goal scorer in Premier League history? Yeah, I think that's a pretty easy one to answer. I think the I think the stats show it. He's scored <laughs> he's, what like he's he scored more than Alan Shearer now, right? <laughs> he's on pretty much the best start, right? I mean, I don't know if you could start any better. He he's he was just even gifted a goal uh, over the weekend. He's played. Uh, he's played three games uh, in the league. Uh, he scored four goals in those three games, and he scored two goals in the uh, losing uh, league cup match. So yeah. he scored six goals in four games. Uh, that is a pretty extraordinary start. I'm not sure that. I mean, four goals in your first three games in the Premier League has got to be about as good a start as anybody's had, right? Yeah, it's great. And I think in game week 30, he's got to be in your squad looking at Bournemouth, Crystal Palace. Those are two home fixtures for Southampton and then West Brom in game week yeah. 32. So he, I know he's going to be great. He is a fantastic option for uh, for wild cards because uh, he's he's cheap. Right. I mean, even, even at the price rise, you know, he's he's very affordable and uh you know, and then they have a they have what two double game weeks coming up? So two double game weeks for a cheap player who is on a great goal scoring run. Yeah, you have to believe his value is going to start going up 
It's, I, I would guess he's kind of stable right now, given the blank, and then they're up against Spurs. But, yeah, yeah. I could see his value yeah. just skyrocketing yeah. coming into game week 30. If, if you brought in, like, Lorente, because uh, they, they play, they, so they play away to Spurs in game week 20, 29. So if you if you brought in Lorente for game week 28, you could keep Lorente for one game week if you're going to wildcard in game week 29. And then you could move Lorente into Gabbiadini for, for game week 30. I think that would be a pretty good game plan. All right, here's a very interesting question, and coming from Sebastian Stromshine Ronson. You're thinking about wildcarding soon, Josh. If you wildcard in game week 30, how much is one or two extra games worth? I.e., how much emphasis should we put on filling our teams with double game week players four to six game weeks ahead? This is something you said you regretted in hindsight, last season, not playing your wild card earlier. Yeah, because you know who the double game week players are going to be. You know, right, like so just you, what we were saying about Gabby Adini. Yeah, so I I think there's a pretty good chance I'll game I'll wild card in game week 29 because uh, why not? Uh, given you know that I, need, I have a lot of ground to make up. Uh, so I think there's a pretty good chance that all 15 of my players uh, will be players that have double game weeks to come. Uh, I don't know why my team wouldn't look like that. Um, yeah, I know that like if they, you know, certain teams make the semis, you know, you could have by then you can usually do a midweek game, you know, so I, I don't think it'll be a problem. Uh, yeah, you're you know, only you're only down to one uh, one needless tournament happening simultaneously instead of <laughs> right. two. Exactly. So I think uh, I think you can probably construct a team, especially given how many team how many players didn't play in game week 28 or 26. Uh, it should be pretty easy to come up with a team of 15 double game week players. I mean, I, I put a lot of value on it. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, it's, this logic cannot be argued with, Josh. <laughs> uh, and Brandon, that's it. Well, Under an hour. I be, think we did it. Before we leave, I want to ask you who you're going to captain in game week 28. I mean, I think it's kind yeah. of an easy one to answer, right? Uh, no. no. I actually don't think it is. I mean, okay, yes. It, it's easy to answer in a general sense. I think I'm probably going to captain a Liverpool midfielder. Okay. Uh well, no, and it's not easy to answer because yeah, because uh, I'm looking you, at uh, Lukaku, Romelu well. Lukaku, exactly. But I'm not. I mean, Lukaku is a good pick, uh, but I mean, given what we saw from Liverpool this last game, like, I think that Sadio Mane or Philippe Coutinho, I think you know, Firmino, um, I mean, Lorente away to Hull. I actually think there are a lot of good captain options this game week. Oh, my God. I haven't even seen Aguero play against Stoke, and I'm getting excited for Game Week 28. <laughs> I, I can't believe we managed in, in an hour's podcast to actually get get me excited about what is probably going to be the lamest <laughs> Game Week of all time. I know. Like, all the games are at 10 o'clock. There's three 10 o'clock games uh, in the U.S., <laughs> And uh, the wish, goal, the goal they, rush is going to be insane. Why, couldn't they break them up like like they do for the FA Cup? And like, couldn't there have been a seven forty five and a ten and a twelve thirty? Just kind of give me a whole day of soccer. I don't know. Imagine the grief they'd get from local police for changing the time. All right, and I guess there are FA Cup matches to watch. You know, if I'm really dying to see Arsenal play Lincoln City or something. <laughs> Your beloved Arsenal. <laughs> My beloved Arsenal. Uh, Brandon, where can people find us? You uh, should subscribe to the Always Cheating Podcast because you listen to it, you love it, you're a part of our our family. Find us on iTunes where you can rate us and leave a review that helps us out. Subscribe on SoundCloud. Uh, we're also on Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Acast, TuneIn FM, wherever you get your podcasts. And you can also follow us. Josh, where can they follow us? 
You can find us on Twitter. We're at Hail Cheaters. Facebook, it's facebook.com slash always cheating. Uh, email is hailcheaters at gmail.com. And uh, you can support the podcast, uh, patreon.com slash always cheating. Uh, we have another pod. We have a, so we have a special episode with Richard Orford that we posted last week. And uh, part two we should put up uh, maybe next week. Brandon, we'll get that episode up. Yeah, it's, it's in the can. It's ready to go, baby. We just. Yeah. Maybe if we get, what if we get two at least, we shouldn't put a number on this. If we get a few more Patreon subscribers, that will unlock the second part of Richard's Oh, I like that. Uh, Patreon how about that? Episodes. Yeah, one, how about just one? Just one, one yeah. One of you, one of yeah. you has to step up and throw a couple yeah. quarters into the bucket. Yeah, so I'll, I'll post it in this uh, later this week to an update about the second half league, uh, which you can still join. And uh, the knockout league, which uh, I guess it's getting too late now because the final two players, uh, Shane Deere and uh, Dave Wegner Lodell are, are neck and neck, and they they each keep winning, and so it's the, the two of them just cannot lose. But I'm thinking that game week 28 is going to decide things because with these eight fixtures, I, I don't think they are going to have a lot of choices. <laughs> oh my god, I will watch with great interest. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening, guys, and uh, good luck in game week 28. And if you have Man City players, good luck tomorrow. Hail cheaters! Praise Mobacani. Macaulay forever. <laughs> All right. See you next week. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com slash balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.